Hello, and welcome to episode five of Purified, your monthly dose of organic compound purification. If you're new, welcome. If you're not, welcome back. My name is Zoltan, and I will be your host for today. Rotochrome is the inventor and manufacturer of in integrated industrial scale centrifugal partition chromatography, or CPC. If you're new to our show, our podcast offers explanations of the different concepts, methods, and platforms to purify organic compounds. The podcast follows the content of Rotochrome's monthly webinar series, so please sign up for our webinars at webinar.rotochrome.com to get the full picture. All of our episodes should fit into a CPC run cycle, which is roughly 20 minutes. So it's time for me to introduce our guest for today. Today's guest is Arpad Kuntel, PhD, Rotochrome's Head of Research Laboratory. Arpad, who has a bioengineering master's degree and a PhD in pharmaceutical sciences, joined Rotochrome in 2019 after having spent more than 12 years in the pharmaceutical industry. Arpad and the research lab he leads works on numerous cutting-edge research projects, one of which has been the one on pesticides. This month's webinar focused on the importance and CPC's role in pesticide remediation from hemp and legal cannabis oils. But before jumping ahead and talking about pesticides, as a new guest to our show, I would like to get to know you a bit and hear what brought you to Rotochrome and what keeps you up at night. Welcome to our show, Arpad. Thank you, Zoltan, for the nice introduction. Uh, as a chromatography specialist, I noticed the unique technology of the startup Rotochrome at the very beginning. So I met the company's founders many times at scientific conferences, and we have uh, vivid discussions on the potential of modern preparative liquid-liquid chromatography. Uh, then two and a half years ago, they asked me directly to join the R&D team of Rotochrome. And uh, to tell you the truth, I was uh, very attracted to work on something really pioneering after a decade in the mainstream pharma. So I have changed and uh, now my task is to exploit this potential by finding and developing uh, novel and uh, exciting CPC applications in different fields such as plant extract processing, uh, API purifications or uh, industrial waste valorization. So what's your... Uh... What, yeah, I'm just going to repeat that question because I'm really interested in like, what, what, what are you professionally really into? What keeps you up at night? What's your, what's your favorite area within, within CPC? So basically, uh, basically I work on, on the metal development uh, part. So not on the, not on the hardware, but on the, uh, on the methods, on the CPC related uh -huh. methodologies. That's my uh, focus, my professional uh, interest. And uh, I, I have a, a solid experience in natural product uh, related uh, analytics and chromatography and uh, structural elucidation and also some uh, uh, pharmacology. So uh, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the situation in my professional okay. ba background. Yeah, that's fascinating. And uh, it's, it's great. I, I think that's, that's a great match for uh, what your what your professional role now at Rotochrome is. Um, now, turning to the subject of the webinar, because our, our podcast is supposed to follow that, um, let me start by asking you, how has the hemp and legal cannabis market dealt with pesticides before CPC? Oh, so 
to answer simply to this, I think it was uh, chaotic. So the lack of federal guides and regulation on pesticide use uh, resulted in the widespread practice in the industry that in the gray industry, that's it's easier and cheaper just to spray. Uh, and in addition, I have to mention that uh, contamination affects the cannabis uh, plant more than most crops. Uh, the reason is that cannabis is a so-called bioaccumulator, which means it can easily take in pesticide residues, heavy metals and toxins from the air and soil. Uh, on the top of that, the post-harvest fate of contaminants was also unclear at the beginning. So uh, on the one hand, uh, this has sadly led to extreme poisonings. And uh, on the other hand, a huge amount of unsafe and non-compliant uh, end product had to be removed from sale and uh, destroyed, practically destroyed. Mm. Okay, so so uh, yeah. So how do you feel? Is is this is this uh, an area that has been solved already, or or is this still an ongoing with regards to the regulations? And like, what what are the what are the practices of of growers and and producers these days? Uh, I guess. I guess the situation is getting better, but uh, but the regulation is still uh, conflicting. However, some guidance uh, has uh, recently appeared in different states, but uh, but but the, but the situation is, is is still conflicting on this topic. So, okay, we've seen yeah we've seen the interest on the webinar. Actually, there was there was quite significant uh, interest. So it it seems that it is a relevant area, and uh, still a lot of growers um find find this area to be problematic and as uh, you know just just to give give a little insight into from 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 my knowledge and my experience is that you know as as legalization goes on and you know hemp and cannabis is is uh, grown in new areas as you were saying as it's it uh, uh, the, the plant itself takes up uh, the heavy metals from the ground with the new plantations it seems to be a constant uh, problem as legalization goes on from 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 one state to the other, so as as it as it's being rolled out constantly in the U.S. these days. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's tell or, or yeah, if you can tell me, I'd be interested to hear more about how your your project of looking at pesticides started. Uh, what were the first problems that you focused on, and how have you discovered? that this whole area of pesticide is a problem and it's it's worth spending time on. Yeah, so the story began approximately five years ago uh, with a few customer inquirers who, in addition to typical chromatographic tasks in cannabis industries, such as uh, CBD or TEC isolation, uh, came to us with a special request to remedy uh, simultaneously their non-compliant distillates from uh, pesticide residues. And... Uh, Afterwards, the scandal erupted on the safety issue of vaping with uh, several lung injuries and also fatal cases reported. Uh, and, and it has turned out that uh, the fungicide, microbutanil, a widely used fungicide, uh, has a significant role in it. And I guess this was the point when we realized that this is, this is a big issue and uh, CPC can be the solution to it, for it. So we have initiated an academic cooperation here in Europe uh, with the German uh, university and, uh, and set ourselves the goal to clarify our capabilities in this uh, challenging field. Great. That's, uh, 
That's awesome. So, um, so uh, this this collaboration. Can you can you tell me a little bit more about this this collaboration with the um, the German? You said university, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So this is a general coll collaboration uh, aiming uh, to develop uh, efficient and high throughput CPC methodologies for the cannabis industry, um, and. Uh, uh, the so-called, uh, we use the acronym for this project, Hemp Purify. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, th this is, this, this pesticide uh, project was a, was a sub-project of this uh, general, general European uh, collaboration between a German industrial partner and the German uh, academic uh, group of Professor Mirja Mincheva, uh, who is uh, extremely skilled in uh, CPC metal development and uh, solvent system screening. So um, we have we have uh, cooperated in this field and uh, and uh, just uh, just put put our uh, knowledge together to get uh, efficient uh, methodologies yeah, for this purpose. That's awesome. Uh, great great to hear that. You know, good great minds are collaborating on this because the safety of these products i think should be should be first and and foremost for for all of us in the industry um yeah the, the thinking back of all the scandals and you know the unfortunate events that took place um that's that's it's great to hear that these events actually initiated uh, this collaboration and and that you know the market and within the market, Rotochrome is actually moving ahead and making uh, making um, legal cannabis and, and hemp products safer. Um, one thing about pesticides is that I, you know, I'm I'm not into agriculture. I, I have to say I'm I'm not into uh, growing uh, plants, but I would imagine that pesticides are used outdoors, and I hear that more and more growers are actually moving indoors indoors. To avoid, you know, different environmental effects, and you know, to to uh, to have more control over the growing process in general, um, is the problem of pesticides moving away, or is that being outfaced by by moving moving indoors? Yeah, this is a tricky question. Uh, I would say no, of course not. Uh, so, with the advent of uh, greenhouses and operating in good growing practice. Uh, GGP, abbreviated as GGP, a significant number of uh, uncertainties uh, have been eliminated from the process chain. Um, however, uh, indoor plants, I have to mention that indoor plants are no strangers to cross-contamination through some equipment used in the uh, downstream process. And uh, uh, let, me, let me just mention that the usage of some insecticides such as uh, pyrethrum extracts and some fungicides uh, cannot be fully omitted. Uh, in indoor pest management uh, later, so this is this is so the, the situation. danger. Yeah, so even even though growing moves indoors, the the danger of having pesticides in products that are treated are, are is is still there, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Okay. Um, well, that's uh, not 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 so good to hear, but uh, good good to hear that there are some solutions. So, looking a bit into the future then um i noticed in your webinar that you mentioned three states or two states in the country namely oregon california and canada i mean i'm sure canadians will be really happy that i just said they're a state 
<laughs> well, they're a, a state in, in, in regards to being a country, but not a U.S. state. So they're kind of the leaders in, in pesticide regulations, it seemed, from, from your webinar. And the dates of these publications of these uh, regulations have been 2014, 2016, and 2019. Um, so I see that, you know, there, there seems to be progress being made, but, you know, Oregon, California, and Canada are like, yeah, three important areas or regions, but, but not, not the rest of the world. So, or no, not the whole of the world. So what's your expectation about other countries, other states? Um, will they come with stricter or broader list of pesticides? And, uh, you know, what's your expectation about Rotochrome's um, separation abilities? Will, will you still be able to um, separate out even more different pesticides? So, yeah, what, what's like, yeah, I would, if you can just give us a little look into the future, what's about to come and how is Rotochrome planning to deal with it? Yeah, so um, corresponding agricultural authorities of uh, other states, uh, such as Nevada, Colorado, Washington, or Utah, have recently published some guides uh, on, on the legal pesticide use in cannabis cultivation. But um, as I presented in the webinar, to the best of my, of my knowledge, the most exhaustive and uh, stringent list uh, with the lowest action limits is the Canadian one. That's why we used this one as a reference in our studies. Uh, so, but yes, uh, as far as I know, uh, other countries, uh, in other countries, such as in, in Australia, uh, this pesticide uh, uh, regulation is, a, is, a, is a also a hot topic. And uh, just uh, these, these guides and regulations are uh, coming out in these days. So, um, and coming to your second questions uh, regarding the uh, uh, ability or capability of our technology, in this uh, remediation task? Uh, my answer is yes, absolutely. Um, we can take uh, advantage of the flexibility of the CPC technology. So the solvent system and the, in the solvent system adjusting or selection and in the operating uh, parameters can, uh, can be easily and quickly adjusted to uh, other target compounds and uh, impurity matrices. I would, I would in general, I mean, I, as, as, a, as a consumer in general, this whole area of pesticide is is a little bit frightening to me, so I'm I'm a I'm a little cautious when I look at products, and I know that there is no federal regulation. It's it's good. I, I myself I live in California, so for me it's good because there is some sort of regulation in California, but in other parts of the country or other parts of the world, um, you know, when you when you buy specific products, when you buy food, when you buy you know drinks you buy cosmetics, you know that there is some sort of regulation around what can be in the products and what cannot be in the products. And with, with legal cannabis, I think it's, it's a little uh, gray area till this date. So it's, it's good to hear that you know, there, are, um, there are producers and growers who are, who are looking at this and uh, uh, making sure that they're ahead of the game. Um, moving on from the... Uh, from, uh, from, from the pesticide project. Um, I would like to get a, a since, since I have you here on the, um, on, on the podcast, I, I would really love to understand a little bit more about how the research lab of Rotochrome works because 
I don't think that's really uh, like obvious to people that's, that a company that manufactures a machine or a platform, a purification platform actually also uses the platform and you know, helps, helps its customers uh, develop the methods, come up with, uh, come up with new um, uh, operating procedures, SOPs, so yeah, I would I would love to uh, hear, you know, like how many people work in your lab? What do they do? What are their roles? And and what can potential customers expect from such a research lab? If you know if they ask you to to create a new separation method or they task you with a feasibility study. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for this question. This is a crucial point uh, in the education and in the spreading of the CPC technology within the chemical society. Uh, so let me describe it in more detail. So the method development in CPC is basically a multi-step and a multi-parametric uh, optimization procedure. Um, first, uh, the chemical and the physical features of the sample to be purified uh, should be considered polarity, the solubility, the ionization uh, behavior, the chemical stability, uh, practically define the design space of the metal development. Uh, for example, less known, but uh, surfactants, uh, so compounds with surface activity can deteriorate the hydrodynamic equilibrium in the CPC rotor and uh, practically cannot be purified directly by CPC. Um, also important to note that in the solvent system screening phase, uh, some golden rules or rule of thumbs, so-called rule of thumbs, uh, should be followed. Uh, for example, the partition coefficient of the target compound should fall in the sweet spot range of uh, between 0.5 and 2.0, while the phase separation time, also called the settling time of the biphasic uh, system, should be less than uh, 30 seconds. Um, in addition, the recyclability, uh, I mean, for example, the boiling point, uh, the viscosity, and uh, last but not least, the toxicity of the solvents is, uh, is an awesome important factor and uh, should be considered during the metal development. Um, finally, the last step in uh, CPC metal development is uh, just to optimize the throughput of the method, uh, and uh, it's, it's performed during uh, so-called uh, loading studies mm -hmm. and uh, robustness testing, uh, just mimicking the uh, producing uh, environment and producing uh, um, conditions uh, of the CPC method. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I admit that it sounds a bit complex, uh, but... Uh, Many, many supporting tools, such as uh, solvent system compendiums, databases, and some sort of uh, in silico predictive tools can give uh, a great help in this process uh, to, the, uh, to the chemists, to the chromatographers. Um, and I have to emphasize that this, is, that this workflow is uh, more simple and straightforward than in uh, conventional chromatography, believe me, <laughs> this, is, this is true. And uh, I, I would like to also uh, uh, mention that uh, in contrast to our, uh, some of our competitors, we support our customers with this uh, extensive uh, consultation services and, and, and trainings. And um, coming to your question regarding the, the lab and, uh, and, uh, and the studies, um, uh, we, we work at a, 
I guess, uh, a, a chemist, yeah, a chemist works in the lab uh, with uh, significant expertise in analytical chemistry, synthetic organic chemistry, and uh, process engineering. And uh, so the schedule and the workflow of a typical feasibility study uh, looks like uh, something like this. So in the first step, uh, the customer should clarify the target compound, uh, the exact composition of the crude, uh, and the expectations regarding the purity, yield, and throughput. Um, and based on these data, uh, we can provide the customer a technical proposal, a so-called technical proposal. Uh, this is a detailed uh, description of the planned studies and the required sample size to each step. Um, and afterwards, the experimental work uh, starts in every case with the development of an analytical method, which is uh, typically an HPLC MS, uh, MS or, uh, or a GCMS method, which is uh, applicable for the qualitative and quantitative analysis of the crude and the purif purified fractions. So uh, the next step, uh, the solubility and the partition behavior of the sample is uh, screened screened in an exhaustive list of uh, biophysics solvent systems. This is performed by the so-called uh, shake flask test. Uh, I guess this is the most important, uh, but also the most labor-intensive step in the studies. And uh, afterwards, the best systems are tested uh, on the CPC machine. Um, in this step, uh, the operating conditions such as spin rate, flow rate, uh, injection volume, uh, the mode of uh, elution uh, are optimized uh, carefully. Um, so at the end, finally, uh, we can calculate uh, the mass balance of the total procedure and uh, the associated uh, cost. And uh, this entire process, so a typical feasibility study, uh, takes generally three to four weeks and uh, necessita necessitates uh, some hundred grams of uh, crude input material. Uh-oh, that sound means that our time is up, unfortunately, Arpad. A purification run has completed on Rotochrome CPC machine in the meanwhile. So thank you once again for coming on to Purified. So it was great being here. Thank you for the invitation. No problem. It was, it was our pleasure to listen to you and to learn from you. Uh, our next show will follow our sixth webinar with Gergő Dargo, PhD, uh, research scientist and, and ARPAD's team actually at Rotochrome. Um, and Gergő will speak about the green features of CPC. So that's actually uh, sustainability and, and, and going green is, is something that I believe should be on every producer's and processor's agenda. So I hope you will sign up at webinar.rotochrome.com. And I'm looking forward to welcoming you back to Purified afterwards once again. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'll catch you on the next one. Mm -hmm.